starting a new series today of five weeks called Positive ID. Um, so much is based upon our identity in Christ. And so as I come into this series, I would say, good morning. My name is Nathan. I don't have my tag on, but that's who I am. But I am a child of God, a grandson, a son, a husband, a father, a grandfather, a friend, and pastor of some of the finest people on the planet. I am always full-time a representer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll have a key word for each of these messages, and I representer says it so well, it's not a common word, but it's in my spell check. You could check because I added it. And so it's a real word. The reason I love Thursday night at the fairgrounds where we served, I didn't hear the count, but I'm sure well over 500 meals to families and all that. What a great time of interaction. To see our people and kids there mingling is just the interaction with people. And when I was a youth pastor, for 16 years, you can imagine the kind of aggressive youth pastor I was invading all the sacred places of students, especially at school. And I'd sneak up on them, not really sneak, I'd just walk in the lunchroom behind them in a row of friends and they didn't know I was there. And I'd touch their shoulder like I do some of you and all of a sudden their faces would go crimson red. So evidently my presence made a difference in what they were talking about. Can you relate to that? I can remember my Uncle Dave. I had, a, I had a lot of pastors in my family, my dad, my two brothers. They're all, my dad's in heaven. My two brothers are retired. But my Uncle Dave was in heaven too. He's an Nazarene pastor. And I can remember, on, it used to be on Saturdays, they'd go for visits to families. Does anybody remember that? You'd go and knock on the doors on families around here years ago with buses and all of that, bus ministry. But I can remember, it was, it was not too early, but on Saturday morning, it's like when we would do the block, my Uncle Dave was knocking on the door, knocking on the door, knocking on the door, no response. And finally, he heard a bunch of profanity, blankety, blank, 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 who is it? And they opened the door. Oh, pastor, so nice to see you today. Why do people do that? I was at an Indians game uh, back when they were that, and Dixie and I were there, and we had great seats and just bottom lasts for the moment and a couple came and all through the, this guy was going on. I mean, he was just cussing up a blue streak and about the, the bottom of the ninth inning, he goes, by the way, what do you do for a living? <laughs> and I go, I'm a pastor. Oh, he started falling all over himself, telling me what a good, wonderful, whatever faith he identified with. Why, why is that? Why is that? I mean, I mean who, who do they connect say pastors with. So I'm gonna talk about the power of identity. If you're tired of it, I'm sorry, because we've gotta get it. We've got to know, because it affects all of life. When we really come to that decision by yes to Jesus, that I am a child of God, and everything comes through that and after that. Everything. I won't be letting go of this in the foreseeable future, so as my friend Rich would say, get used to it. I'll be weaving this theme throughout these messages. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do, and you'll do it. I believe that. And in so doing, your life will have direction and purpose, significance, meaning. 
it comes to my mind that so many who claim the label of Christian don't know who they are in Christ. That spells trouble. No wonder lives are so aimless. They lack direction and purpose because we're living life like this is all there is and we're selling out for things that are here today and gone tomorrow. Who we are. Most of the time, when I'm at any kind of gathering that includes people who know I'm a pastor, uh, I'm usually the designated meal prayer. Pastor, I grew up with that. My dad, too, my brothers. And I'm sure so many times that's driven by positional respect, and I'm, I'm fine with that. You're the pastor, but, oh, I love it when you pray. Your prayers are powerful, like last Sunday, yes, amen. The pray now moments that God gives us. It's almost sometimes like we're saying, well, you're the pastor or you're this leader or that and I'm just a ordinary, regular Christian. We gotta get that just word out of here. You're not just anything when you're created by God. You're something special and we're gonna talk about that. Whatever roles you may have in this life, first and foremost, you are a child of God when you've said yes to him and you are called and he qualifies you for what he calls you to. You're so much more than a just. Some of you need to do that exercise in the morning and go, I'm way more than just this or that. The things people identify themselves as nowadays, it blows me away. No wonder we're a mess. When you said yes, Y2J as we say, and you have a present tense active relationship with Jesus in the words of Chris Tomlin's song, now you have resurrection power living on the inside and how many of you know that changes everything? It changes the way we do life. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. You're a child of the one whose name is above every other name. You are way more than just this or just that. You are now a representer of Jesus Christ in Christ. That's what you do full time. That's what children of God do. I represent him. Not just the church. Not just when the pastor or youth pastor's around. But all the time. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 517, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ, that's just not by a creation, that's by adoption saying yes, has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. That means we're getting better by God's grace and power, and that never stops, never when you say Y2J, you become a Christian, a fully devoted follower of Jesus, many say. You've met Jesus, you've turned from your sins, you've been forgiven and have been made new. You're no longer who you used to be, so stop calling yourself by the label that you used to wear. It's quiet in here. Stop calling yourself. Well, I lied once, hi, I'm Nathan, I'm a liar. I'm not, I used to be, but that's not who I am now. Are you with me? Quit calling yourself by the label that you were before you met Christ, because in Christ, you are new. You're not done, you're not finished. 
But when we're mindful of that, how that changes the future. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling, bringing the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them, and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. You can know Jesus. You can be made right with him. When Christ is in us and we're in Christ, we are called to carry the message of reconciliation, if you will. It's a big word with a simple meaning. It means to help bring people into a right relationship with God. We point people, we, we, we lead them, we can't force them, we don't make them go, but we say with Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what it means to be a representer. They may fall in love with Jesus like we love Jesus because they see something in our lives and they want that. Verse 20, same chapter. So we are Christ ambassadors and I put parenthetically representers. God is making his appeal through us. And I'll put my finger there in the passage and I jot it in the margin. What kind of an appeal are you? How appealing are you? I can't answer that for you. But especially when you think nobody's looking or when the pastor or whomever you respect isn't there, in the locker room, in the lunchroom, wherever you may be. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. It's about Jesus. It's all through his work, his finished work. In Christ, we become his representatives, his ambassadors, as the scripture says. And God makes his appeal through the likes of you and me, be it great or small. And we're singing along with the words of Chris Rice in that untitled hymn. Come to Jesus and live. That's what our lives are to say, to shout, to shine. Come to Jesus and live. We must commit and devote our lives to this high significant, significance-giving calling. Now we know who we are and we know what we are to do and, and by God's grace and power, we will do it. When your identity becomes, first and foremost, I am a child of God. You're a representer sent by God himself to be a difference maker, an impactor, a representer of him at all times. Some of us need to get that, at all times. And it starts first in the home. It starts first in the family. I never had trouble getting past my dad's character when I heard him preach because I knew he was the same man in the home that he was when he stood here. Wasn't a perfect man. I didn't agree with everything he said and did, but I knew he was the real deal, and nobody in the world could ever talk me out of it, and the same goes for my mother. We don't often use or hear the word ambassador, though it's still a very high position, but if you don't know, it's the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one country to another. For example, uh, an American representative would be sent to India India would not be your home. You would be there to represent the, the, the interest of the United States of America. Do you understand that? You're there serving, but you're representing the United States of America. The same is true of us when we choose our response and we choose to say yes to following Jesus. We are his diplomats sent into a world to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 
Heaven is our home. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. So there's a couple of things with that in mind, a couple of thoughts that I wanna leave you with today. But I wanna come back to that haunting question. How appealing is your life? What's the appeal of your life? How is he making his appeal through you? Don't look at anybody else. You're not, he's not comparison. He says, I want to make my appeal to people. Come back to God. I want to do it through you, where you are. You are my transportation system. You are how I get to where I want to be today. Is your life appealing? Yeah, some of our lives are appealing and flaking, but I'm not talking about that. Just occurred to me. You have been chosen by God to bear fruit. Remember the early days of Genesis, be fruitful and multiply. Your reputation is what other people may think or say about you, but your integrity is who you really are as a child of God, full time. Have you know that's not a part time responsibility? It's all time, all on, full time, highs and lows and all points in between. It's what God thinks that matters. John 15, 19. This is a powerful scripture. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it. So we better be real careful if the world's loving us these days. You hear? If you belong to it, they'd love you because you belong. But you are no longer part of the world. You're in it, but you're not of it. I chose you to come out of the world so the world hates you. Is it okay? I guess if the right people hate you, it's okay. Correct? Because that means you're standing for something. That means you're creating a fuss. I'm not called to blend in, are you? We're called to be difference makers, kingdom impactors. Wow. You need to get this scripture, this business about being chosen into your heart and spirit. You've been called, you've been chosen by God, the one who created all that is. Know it, believe it, embrace it. It's not just some little hoop you jump in through to join a church, it's a life change, it's a direction, it's an identity. This is how Paul saw himself and the other believers too. He was a living testimony. He wrote stuff down inspired by the Holy Spirit and he would have been the least likely of all probably to be called by God, chosen by God, because he was on a mission to identify, persecute, and destroy Christians, and he did that so successfully and efficiently. But then Saul slash Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. Damascus, you can read about it in the New Testament. It was life-changing. He went down in the dust, down in the dirt, if you will, going one way, and he, when he got up, how many of you know he was going a whole new direction? He met God in the dirt and probably went face down at that. But when he got up, he was a changed man. At first, other Christians were leery of him, and even Ananias, but finally, the Spirit spoke to him and said, reach out and connect with Saul, the Lord spoke to him this, and I want to read it in 915 of Acts, so powerful, because it's not just Paul, Saul, but it's also us. But the Lord said to Ananias, go to Saul. Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings, as well as the people of Israel. I want to tell you, Paul, Saul wasn't the only 
chosen instrument. You and I, as children of God, we are chosen instruments to take his message wherever we go. Yes. It's like we have neon Jesus signs blinking on and off because that's who we represent at all times. When things are going our way and when they're not, when we like how other people are driving and when, when we don't, we are full-time representatives of Jesus Christ. We need to let him into every area. We want to combine with, oh, what's that have to do? Pastor, don't tell me your witness for Jesus, a representative of him, has anything to do when you run between the lines of, of, a, of a football field or basketball court. Oh, but it does, because our witness is on the line, remember? We got to let him into everything, every area of our life. Hmm. God's chosen instrument to carry his message. I wonder if we could think about it today in the morning, waking up, here we are in bed, palms up, Lord. Thank you that I'm your chosen instrument to carry your precious message of hope today. Wherever you want it to go, give me opportunities to share. May your light shine in and through me. Knowing that God called you, so you don't have to be full of self-confidence, but you can be full of God-confidence. You can go with courage because God has called you to be a difference maker. It's not in the big things we do. It's in those small acts of kindness and faithfulness. We're gonna sing it in a little while at the end, but I love that chorus from thank you for loving me. Thank you for choosing me to be your child and bear your name. Isn't that good? That's what we're talking about, ambassador, a representer of him. Full time, full time. Is it believable? Is your life appealing in a believable way? It's not about crowds. It's much more about relationships of influence and sometimes, how many of you know, it's easier or it's more difficult sometimes to go one-on-one -on -one than it is to stand before a crowd. Isn't that true? You may be prompted today, this week, by God to confront someone you know and love about because they're just messing up and making horrible choices, and you may need to speak the truth in love. Be God-confident in this because you're a chosen instrument of him. You may be chosen as God's instrument to pour your life out into children and teens, into the next generations. You don't have to be cool to do that. Just be yourself, full of God's love. We don't have anything to offer but his love. His love is transformational. God may be nudging your heart to step up and lead, facilitate, or host NAS groups so people can get connected with each other and with God. You're God's chosen instrument to help build up other people, loving people. It's truly transformational. That's how we do the living, transformed piece of our vision. Be bold in sharing your faith with others who need to hear the truth. You share faithfully and leave the results of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to be harvesters. We're planters, right? And it's okay if somebody else harvests what we planted. I loved being a youth pastor for the years that I did it consecutively, 16 years. And I can still remember we, we took old dilapidated church buses all over the place. I shudder to think of that now. But the Lord spared us and protected us, not from breakdowns, but from injuries. You know, we'd, turn, we'd get out of the church in Cincinnati at the first light, the bus would break down on a trip to somewhere. I'm not kidding you. 
But from time to time, I was always building my youth ministry team that I discovered I had to do early into it after I couldn't do it all. And, and I'd say, hey, hey, guys, give me some names from church people that you think you'd love to see work with you all as youth sponsors. And they'd begin to shout out names. And you know what? When I got those names and I went to a person said we were traveling and they said they'd love to have you work with us, I was never, ever turned down one time by somebody that they selected. And it wasn't because they were cool or they were just young adults or whatever. It was from stem to stern, all kinds of ages, just because they knew that they had serving and loving hearts. Isn't that great? You are a chosen instrument. Do you see yourself that way? A chosen instrument, that's what I am, that's what you are. I am his representer all the time to carry his message to a world who needs to hear it and see it. In other words, show and tell just wasn't for kindergarten, it's big time now, huh? And I wasn't into the telling, I was into the showing, how about you? Remember that? I wanted to see what they brought. Show and then tell. Well, you'll know who you are in Christ, and the second thing and final point for today is this, that you'll absolutely know who you represent. I want you to get that word, I am a representer. I want you to add that to your spell check. I am a representer of Almighty God. We can relax because it's God ordained. We never call ourselves, we're never called to represent ourselves. We're speaking on God's behalf. Called and sent by God. Always. It's not about self-focus, it's about God-focus. It's not about pointing to ourself, it's about pointing to him. You are a representer for the kingdom of God in this world. You represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It's never to be about you. Jesus was the ultimate example of that. And in John 6, 38, it says, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, And so it is for us. Called to represent Jesus full time in everything you do, in everything you say. And that's why I harp on the verse John 12, 28, 8. Father, in this situation, in this moment, bring glory to your name. Be glorified. In my life, Lord, I sing, be glorified, be glorified. Because one of my primary roles as a child of God, is a pastor. It seems like I'm on a high level of accountability and that's okay. That's one thing I really like about growing up in a small town, being, being in a small town like this, I should say, because somebody's eyes are always on you and that's not bad, that's good. I saw you when you, I saw you when you laid on your horn with that person pulled out in front of you, whatever. I try not to do that. I just do mine internally. It's been this way my whole life, you know, because I grew up as a preacher's kid, and I told everybody, it was kind of like growing up in a, remember when we used to have malls? Anybody remember malls? Teens, you remember malls? Young adults? It was kind of like we were living life in a storefront, and then when we moved here to be your pastor, we were right beside the YMCA. We were the first house, if you stand facing the Y, right there on a hill, and our dining room opened right in where everybody came in. I mean, it was just like a continuation of my former life. Everybody could see, and what, oh, I don't know if I'll, oh, what are you eating tonight? Ah, oh, uh-huh, spam again, huh? I mean, 
Even now, I'm aware the way I return, the way I give in generosity, the way I spend my time, the way I raise my kids, influence impact my, my grands, the way I speak, etc. And I'm not complaining. That's just goes with it. If you don't want to be a pastor, then if you don't want that, then don't be a pastor because that comes with the territory. Got it? There's a higher level of accountability. Um, but I want to challenge you or and I want to challenge you. If you're a child of God as Christ's ambassador, his chosen instrument, you should live to a higher standard in everything you do because you're a representative of Jesus every bit as much as I am. Yes? Yes? And I can't go a lot of the places you can. Sometimes my identity that they identify me with, that, that negates my opportunity to share because, well, you're just a pastor. I'm not just anything. But you, you understand that? Students, I can't go where you go, but you're there. And God wants to use you to impact others. Oh, hear me. We can't be compartmentalized Christians. We, we Chosen instruments, we're all in all the time. It's in our unguarded moments when we do the most good and the most not good. It's in those idle words. We speak what our hearts are full of. Don't settle. The way you live matters all the time. Let's aspire together to a higher level to say, I believe by God's grace and power, not by my own strength and self-help, I'm gonna keep on getting better, which means I'm gonna keep growing and getting more and more like Jesus. I read a story of a man who regularly worked out, a workout freak, and he was at a gym with his partner for years and years and years, but of all days, I mean, so unusual, highly unusual, there was a scheduling conflict and his partner didn't show. I mean, that I mean, never happened. And after workout, he went in the sauna to sweat some more off, and a man entered who was obviously just all over his countenance was greatly distressed. And he just felt prompted by the Holy Spirit and he said something like this, I don't want to pry into your life, but you, do you need someone just to listen to you? He said shortly the words began to tumble out and the story of a troubled marriage and a family relationship and the man had left home and was alone and broken, left his wife, left his kids. And after listening to the first man, the man said, I don't know where you stand with God, but I believe I'm here today to tell you to go home, get on your knees and apologize to your wife. I mean, he didn't know this guy, and this guy had muscles, and his muscles had muscles. <laughs> I believe God wants you to be a great husband and father. And the man broke down and began weeping. He said, I'm not a religious guy at all, or a church guy, I never go, but I really believe God sent you here today to tell me that, and I'll tell you what, I'm gonna do it. And he did. Wow. This is what a representer does. Because when you know where, who you are, you'll know what to do and you'll do it. God will give you opportunities to present Jesus over and over again and he'll give us sensitive hearts to listen and ask and understand and to speak and to pray now. And we'll work really good at saying, hey, can I, can I, I'll pray about that. Can I pray for you? It's a whole other thing to say, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you right now? Man, over the years, I've hardly ever, ever been turned down, occasionally but rarely, God gives you authority to speak into the opportunities that he gives you. Paul said that God gives the authority to do so. He was full of God confidence. Paul wasn't, he, not self-confidence. He wants us to do the same as it says in 2 Corinthians 10.8. I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by the Lord, but 
Our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of using my authority because it's for good and not for harm. It's not our authority and power. It's God's, all God's. It's all about who he is. We represent him and we present him. You have been called, you have been chosen. You are a chosen instrument of God if you have said yes to Jesus, if you're in relationship with him. It's not about you, it's about who you represent. It's about the authority that is behind our prayer. It's not about how good we pray. Could I break it down? It's like this. When one of our kids or grands comes in the from around the table to tattle about what their brother, sister, or cousin might be doing. Has anybody ever experienced that? Purgatory. You know, with a whine, they're gonna do this. What does the adult say? You ask them to stop it, and then they come back again, and then you tell them, you tell them I said to stop it. Who's I? Grandpa said to stop it or he's gonna tie you in your chair, or whatever he does. And sometimes that works because there's power and authority, it's who we represent. First century believers knew, understood, that all power was in Jesus, not in themselves. There's power in the name of Jesus. I listened to that song again today, that Chris Tomlin song, wonder-working power, Holy Spirit power, great redeeming power, resurrection power, bondage-breaking power, in our strength, in our suaveness, no, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. I was thinking about that second point that I just mentioned, my second and final point, know who you represent. And I go back, I jotted down these words to a song we sang, and I I think I've quoted these fairly recently, but I wanna read them again. I have one deep supreme desire that I may be like Jesus. To this I fervently aspire that I may be like Jesus. I want my heart, his throne to be, so that a watching world may see his likeness shining forth through me. I want to be like Jesus. And then picking up just the end of verse four. His spirit fill my hungering soul. His power all my life control. My deepest prayer, my highest goal, that I may be like Jesus. All the time. Not perfectly, owning it when we don't, but we're pointing to him. I hope you got out of this today that there is no such thing as just a regular Christian. Is there anything regular about your child or grand? I just, they're just my child or just my grand. You know that's not how you think. You are a representer appointed, called by God to represent him at all times. It's a privilege and it's a responsibility because our lives are to be appealing. Our lives are to make other people want what we have. Jesus. Hmm. 20A again, 2 Corinthians 5, 20A. For we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. I like through me better, don't you? I need to look in the mirror and say, God, you're making your appeal to others about the reality of the risen Christ through me today. You always represent Jesus, no on-off switch, full-time, because he's living in you and living through you. 
never representing ourselves. So stop referring to yourself as a just. You hear me? Somebody needs to write that down. You are not a just. You're not just a teen, just a child or a student. You're not just a stay-at-home mom or just a retired person. You're not an entry-level worker. You are a representative of Jesus where you are. You are a Christian, a follower of Christ, filled with resurrection power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's live like it. And so I read one more time, beginning in verse 20 and 21 of chapter 5. So now, in Christ, we are Christ ambassadors, representers. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Our lives need to shine and shout, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I know it's popular to sing, I'm just a sinner saved by grace, and that's what I was, but by God's grace, that's not who I am. That's not who we are. I am now, you are now a child of God. Reject that label of sinner. You do no longer choose to live in willful sin. Come on. Well, Pastor, you're, you're preaching an impossible per, uh, perfection. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that we are not who we once were. We, don't ha we have a new will, a new direction. That's who you were when God's love and grace rescued you and captured your heart. But now, that's not who you are. Never say, I'm just a child of God. You now have a positive ID. God, thank you for loving me. I want my life to be compelling, don't you? I want my life to be appealing. I want my life to say to others, come to Jesus and live. Come to Jesus and find joy and peace, even in this troubled world. Follow me as I follow Christ. Come to Jesus and live. Would you stand with me if you can, if you care to? Be attentive wherever you may be at home, and we're gonna just sing a little bit of this. God's Spirit is here. If you don't know him, that's the first step to take. You can pray where you are, but you need to put feet to it. You need to tell somebody. We use altars, and, and, and I loved how the altars were used last week, and I love Judy's strong invitation. And our stairs and our altars are here. You can pray alone. We can assist you if you need help, but take care of business today. Come to Jesus and live. If the Holy Spirit's here saying, you know what? Your life is up and down, compartmentalized. People can't find Jesus because of your example. They, they, you're misrepresenting Jesus. You're not representing him well. That's not condemnation. That's conviction. He says, let's, let's do something about it. Let's make changes. Come before me and just go kneel down and go palms up and say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. Start with yes to Jesus. I agree with what you did on the cross. I need forgiveness, and I repent. I'm sorry. I turn from my sin and turn from my selfishness. I'm going to turn toward you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to go every day. I give you my sin, and I want to surrender myself, and I want to live in that surrender zone.